0: Welcome to the Jackie and Stacy Show, and I'm Stacy's son, Clark, and here to tell you about it, there are two women wrestling with things of this broken and beautiful life. Each week, they will tackle a topic in a transparent, sometimes distracted, but always fun way that hopefully encourages and challenges you. They will break down each topic by looking at it through four lenses, ourselves, God, our people, and our community. They will then... They will then give you a task to go forth with. Vaya con Dios.
1: Welcome to the Jackie and Stacy Show. I'm Stacy, And I'm Jackie. And we are so happy to have you join us. Thank you. Yeah. We, Jackie and I just love talking about stuff. <laughs> and if anybody happens to listen in, then bonus
0: for all of bonus. us. Bonus. I have a weird I question think. before you even introduce Stacey. Oh. Does it feel weird to say your name? No. When I say I'm Jackie, every single time it feels weird to me. I don't know. It's just me.
1: (laughs) All right. Keep going. Well, (laughs) here's why is because I, as I often share is that I'm one of many, of six children. And so I have to say my name all the time. I always introduce myself to people (laughs) because- People are always like, I can tell you're one of them. Oh my one gosh, that's so those... funny. I feel like it. my name is awkward to say though too, Jackie. It just
0: doesn't roll off the tongue like Stacey rolls off the tongue. What? They're like the same name almost. That's so funny. <laughs> All right. Anyways, I'm so interrupting getting this off task. I love it. <laughs> Guys, this
1: is the way it works. So if you're yeah. guessing, sorry. It's gonna be hey, if it. you're
0: out there and it's awkward for you to say your name, I'd love to hear from you because maybe it's not just me.
1: I don't know. Maybe, maybe it is. <laughs> Yeah, I just think it's what you're used to. I'm used to always being like, "Hi, I'm Stacy." I'm. I know you can tell I'm a Cheatham kid, but I'm Stacy. Right. <laughs> Differentiating yourself constantly. Exactly. <laughs> because who is ever going to remember my name? I Nobody. love it. Love it. Nobody. Um. Okay, so you guys, this is our podcast. We talk about stuff every month. Yep. And a new topic each month, and we talk about it in four episodes. In each episode, we look through a different type of lens, and we've talked about ourselves, we've talked about faith, and this is our third episode on the topic of resilience. Yep. And we shall look through the lens of close relationships. Your faith! Which is not my favorite. Jackie is saying it. I'm (laughs) (laughs) tongue-in-cheek. It's kind of my fave. It's Jackie's Jackie's sweet spot, I will tell you. So that's why I love... Having these conversations is because I've learned so much, and oh, I feel yeah. like I'm getting better. I'm getting, I'm improved. I'm always growing, and that's my. Me goal in life.
0: too. Always growing. That's all we can do, right? Yep. Just learning and growing. Yep. I love it. Well, I, I think that you know, as we as we talk about resilience, do you remember like the definition we kind of landed on for resilience? Oh, yeah.
1: Um, give me a sec, cause I okay, write you got it written down. down. No, You're so remember. good. You're our note taker. I don't yeah. remember anything yeah um resilience is your ability to adapt to adapt to like, bounce back to bounce to, back, to, back to from stick- a di- some, from something
0: difficult theoretically right yeah,
1: usually yeah even even resilience just like maybe time resilience through time perhaps yeah I don't know differenti- differentiating um like failures from successes and it's kind of like a mindset I think too
0: yeah. And, you know, what, one of the things that I don't know that we've really addressed, but I think it's important for us to at least mention is that resilience really can look different depending on the thing you're bouncing back from. Right. Mm, I mean, yeah. we don't ever want to lump like resilience. I, I'm just trying to think of something light that you would have to bounce back from. Um, something small, you know, like I don't know, canceled vacation, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. like, like, oh, bummer, you know, I mean, uh, that, that's, Things. And you do have to be resilient to, to, you know, bounce back from that disappointment. But it's entirely different from something larger and more life changing, like heaven forbid, the loss of someone you care about, or mm-hmm. a loss of a really important relationship in your life or abuse or trauma right like those things
1: yeah right I just think it's yeah.
0: important that we really differentiate like bounce back I don't know to me how it's kind of like a light-hearted like I'm gonna bounce back from that disappointment I experienced or that failure I experienced or that bad test grade or you know like something canceled or whatever that kind of resilience We have to practice almost daily, right? Ultimately, like maybe a hurt feeling or some kind of a disappointment or a loss of connection. Those are things we have to be resilient in the face of on the daily. Right. But the bigger things are, of course, much harder and bounce back to me almost like, I don't know, it it takes away from the depth of resiliency that we need to recover mm-hmm. from something that's more
1: traumatic. What do you think? Is that absolutely I think well I think that's a really important note to make. Um it, I I too was right I was writing some notes also about resilience not necessarily being something you know I think this we're holding these two things or really like a spectrum of things. Right. Um a bouncing back in in the daily um resilience of disappointments. And right. Things, right and then we're talking about like real deep heavy traumatic or long term um i i guess traumas. loss i, I was trying I to mean, think of another word but trauma loss yeah yeah you know, that yeah. So, you know it's but there's this continuum that we're on or is that the right word for it you know from like smaller to bigger and you have this long continuum line or whatever
0: yeah and it
1: could fall anywhere on spectrum
0: that. i like it the word spectrum like spectrum it yeah. really is resilience it just looks so different depending on the the gravity of whatever it is you're recovering from right correct so yeah, i remember I, when oh I, go ahead. Uh, i've told you this before i think i've brought it up in other podcasts but when my kids were little I remember a lot of my friends would try to guard their kids from disappointments. And I read somewhere at some point, point I wish I knew where, so I could give credit, but that you really don't want to do that. And, Mm -hmm. and, and so it was, I was actually really intentional about if, if a party got canceled, you know, I, I would have friends who would say, I don't tell my kids about a party till we're on our way there because something could happen. I don't want them to be disappointed. But I had the opposite approach. Like I actually set my kids up for disappointment on the regular. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sounds mm-hmm. terrible and cruel, but because I really wanted them to build that muscle of understanding that, yes, there will be disappointment and yes, there will be sadness and and you can handle it, you know, you can handle yep. it. So um, I think that that really, that served them well, not that they're perfect at it now, but I think- It really was a muscle that they built over time. Because honestly, when I was growing up, my parents did protect me from disappointment. Mm -hmm. And it took, we've talked about this too over the years that we've been podcasting now, but it took me all of my twenties and well into my thirties to really become resilient. I really had to work on that. It's much tougher to become resilient when you're dealing with things in your twenties. Those things are harder, right? Like,
1: I I don't know. Have you you noticed that with your kids? Well, you're talking about that spectrum again, right? So yeah. Like if you got to, pr- if you practice the daily or the seemingly smaller things, they're big when you're, when you're a little kid, of they feel big to you. Of course. of course. Um, you know, I can recall my dad saying to me once, like, I don't even remember what it was. Maybe I was crying over a middle school boyfriend or something. Who knows? Right. I didn't have any middle school boyfriends. I don't, I don't know why I even said that. I'm not going to boyfriend until way later. I was not having boy like no boyfriends were calling me up. But on this spectrum of like these small disappointments, my dad was like, "That is so trivial." I remember him saying that to me. <laughs> I was just like, "Well, I could see how it would be when you're facing, you know, like trying to run a business and you so, know having six kids or whatever." Like when he said stuff. that to,
0: to you, you could actually see it, and that from that perspective, you could understand that that's why he said that—that that he had much bigger things. Or was well, it? Hysterical?
1: I knew, yeah, because. You know, my parents dealt with a lot of big things and, and yeah. um, so I knew that there's things were bigger, but this was still the thing that I was dealing with. Yeah. Um, yeah.
0: Yeah. That's such a good reminder. I, you know, we're recording this on father's day and mm. father's day definitely comes with a lot of, well, it just comes with mixed emotions, right? It comes right. with it, like a whole plethora of, of things to deal with. Right. For all of us. Um, you know lost relationships with our own fathers with maybe with husbands maybe um father figures in our life yeah uh, and so I think um I, I read something from Jen, Jen hatmaker I don't know if you saw it today. I read
1: it I was totally gonna bring it up because I feel like she has the same dad that you have yeah similar, yeah you know when she said the two things
0: and I, and right now I'm only remembering one of them. <laughs> is that one of the things that she said about being a father is like really only takes two things. One of them was just showing up, just being yep. present. And, and do you Integrity. Remember the- integrity. integrity. That mm-hmm. was the second one. Presence and integrity. Presence and integrity. And I just thought, gosh, I think that really sums up parenting. Really. If you have those two things, the rest is just gravy. You know, it doesn't, it takes some of the pressure off, like just be a good human and then be available. Right. Yep. And, yep. and- I really liked that, and and, I, and that was true of my dad. Like he was just present, and he just had integrity, and that was enough for me. You know, I mean, I could I could focus on things that he didn't do well, but it didn't matter because those two things were were true, and I'm grateful for that. And and those two things are true of my husband with his kids as well. And um, so I think that's important for me because I can sometimes be a critical, you know, I could just be critical, and I I don't want to be that. I want to be. Um, I don't know. I want to be, um, I want to celebrate the dad that my husband is and he is most assuredly present and he has integrity and I'm grateful for those two things, but I don't know how I got on that tangent.
1: (laughs) What were we talking about? We were talking about like parenting our kids. So if we're talking about resilience and close relationships, if you're a parent or all of us have a parent and since it's father's day, you know, we're going to talk about fathers a bit. And then, you know, Jackie and I have kids, not everybody has kids, but you know, how do we, it's, it's that dichotomy between wanting to protect your kids from everything, right? cushion them and give them a bubble life and, and, and giving I mean, them the opportunity to experience yeah. disappointment. And yet giving assignment. them a bubble life actually yeah. doesn't allow them to build the resilience muscle. So then they have a terrible life later because it's so much harder when they have to endure whatever they have to endure later in life exactly exactly
0: and you know I always like to go back to the research so I was doing some research on resilience and um and one of the things that it was saying is that studies show that resilience is not like a stable trait but it fluctuates over time and that Mm. that there's like like a developmental changes can impact it and environmental changes can impact it it's not necessarily like a personal attribute that you either have or you don't have and that actually gives me hope right like like we say like you you're you're building that muscle so it's not something you're born with or you're not it's something that you can practice and get better at over time and um and that your social circumstances can contribute to how resilient you are in the face of loss or trauma or sadness, um, so our communities, our institutions, and our cultural expectations—they say—are the things that impact our resilience. You know, not as much like the personal, like strength. Like you don't, you can't think of resilience as like a strength that you have, mm. especially in our culture that it's more our community, our institutions, and our cultural expectations. Isn't that fascinating? I think that's- that is fascinating. Yeah, so like, there's a researcher, he re- he researches resilience, and his name is Elliot Freeman, and he says, the avail- availability of social support in all its forms, instrumental support, emotional support, support with how you think about things, they all matter and help us in facing challenge.
1: Mm. So I was
0: thinking how true that was for me, and I'm going to ask you in a minute, Stace, to maybe share something where that's been true for you, but if I think back to one of the hardest things in my life was really managing the death of my dad. But even more than that, if I'm honest, it was um, walking with him through Alzheimer's, through the last, you know, couple years of his life. So my dad passed away last fall and um, it's been about nine or 10 months. And, um, And that was tough, but we knew it was coming. And so losing him was really tough, but we kind of lost him in stages. And so the last few years when he was like a child and was forgetful and was kind of unaware and sometimes grumpy, although not often, if I'm honest, I'm thankful for that, but sad sometimes. And he just was kind of slipping away by degrees I made it through that time because of the support of the community around me, my closest people, you know, my kids, my, my husband, my friends, like the people who love me, you Stace, your support, like Mm. just the people in my life and their willingness to let me talk about it, to let me lean on them when it was hard. Um, Some of my friends who I've known him like forever, you know, I have a couple of friends who have been my friends since like, I was itty bitty and they know and love my dad. And so Mm. being able to like talk about memories with him and um, their willingness to walk with me in that way, like some of my more recent friends knew him really mainly sick and forgetful, you know, and he was wonderful even in those stages, but for my friends that could remember how wonderful he was when we were little and how loving and considerate and thoughtful and they would tell stories of, you know, one of, one of the best things about my dad and even thank you that you're letting me even talk about this now. It's like, it feels, it feels healing and and beautiful to remember this part of him. Like my friends would walk in the door and he would, it was just like whoever was walking in the door was the most important person in the room. And he would just (laughs) give them space to like be important. And it was, it was pretty magical thing about him. And he just like genuinely wanted to know, like, how are you like what, you know, like he was interested in their lives and that was unique and special. Yeah. Not a lot of dads were like that when I was growing up. And no. So that was a pretty great thing about him. So oh,
1: anyway, I love it. I anyway, love anyway,
0: so walking through that season would have been an entirely different thing without the support of the cl- closest people in my life. Mm-hmm. So I'm super grateful for that. I don't know. Do you have a thought about a time in your life, Stace, where you where your resiliency was buoyed by close people
1: in your life? Oh gosh, yeah. So, like when you were telling me this Elliot, Elliot Freeman kind of quote or research, just all the different types of support. And, you know, I've been c- sharing with everybody that I've been going through a huge mourning process over the past year. Yeah. And I am getting divorced, and it has been the most horrific year of my life probably. And and I'm, and yet also it's also, um, at the same time, it's been the most beautiful time of my life. Mm, Yeah. Um, Absolutely horrific. And In uh, these times where I have, I think I've shared with everybody before, like, me curling up into, like, a big snot ball, basically, like, where are all these boogers coming from? (laughs) Where? Is it my (laughs) brain's coming out? What is happening? (laughs) Like, I have had these few moments with, um, Jackie has heard me just cry and cry. And, um, you know, sometimes when we are trying to do our podcast and we can't get started yet, because I have to just, I have to do this whole process, this morning process. Um, but I've had a couple of friends who have literally, um, I couldn't get up anymore. Um, I used to have a house that had a swimming pool in my backyard. You guys, it was awesome. It was awesome (laughs) for a short time for a beautiful period of time. And, you know, I've had to sell that house now and move and, you know, it's just part of this whole process. And I um, I put my bathing suit on one day and I was going to go. The kids weren't allowed to go into the pool until I was out in the backyard with them. That was just the rule. Right. And so I put my bathing suit on and I don't know what happened. I don't know if there was a text message or a thought that went through my head. I lay down on the floor and started sobbing in like my downstairs den and I couldn't get up. I was in my bathing suit, <laughs> sobbing, crying. I couldn't stop. And my kids were like, mom, mom. And I texted two of my friends that lived nearby. And I was like, I need you guys to come get my kids because I can't let them see me like this. And I tell you guys this story, not because I was ever hiding all of my emotion from my children. I was not, trust me. I mean, but I was trying to be sort of appropriate and sort of, you know, who knows? What is the right way to do anything? I don't. Yeah. Um, And I just, but I couldn't. I was like, it had been like 20 minutes of sobbing. I was like, I can't stop crying. I can't stop. I need, I had one friend come and pick up my kids without even like coming in the room and looking at me. She just came and took my kids out to ice cream. I had another friend come over. That was Jamie. Jamie came and took my children. And this was not the first time she had come and like held me or comforted me and mm. just let me just sob. Yeah. Cause I just, that's what I had to do. I had to grieve. Yeah, I just, that, I was, I've done it so many times. And another friend came over, Joanna, And she got like a wet washcloth. She sat there with me as I'm curled up in my bathing suit on the floor. And she rubbed a wet washcloth, you guys, over my forehead. And just like spoke soothingly to me. And I don't know how to tell you guys how beautiful these um, moments have been where I did not have any resilience. I had none. Yeah. Yeah. And I had, I, I was held up and held together. These are just small examples. One of my sister, um. Amanda I was having a hard time she she's like I just bought a plane ticket and I'm flying she lives in Washington D.C. Oh, she oh, just flew oh. out to help me to pack up my house my oh. all my sisters I have all my sisters came and helped me and so many I just I had this tribe oh. I had to build this new tribe and it's been so beautiful but I could not I I was not resilient you guys um But because of these close relationships, I was held together Mm. and held up and carried. Right. I was just carried and I was comforted and I was loved and I was just held. And I'm just so, so grateful. So I say that I hate talking about close relationships because close relationships have some of my close relationships have been really difficult. Right. But yet when I sit and I have this perspective over this past year of trauma, that I think, oh, it's also been the most beautiful time mm. to know that I could be weak and just completely a blob, like you guys, <laughs> ugly, like, ugly's not even the right word, but just such brokenness and liquefying. And um, so I don't feel resilient, but I feel resilient because of like the scaffolding, I guess, that I have had. From having built these beautiful relationships, and everybody just held me up and held me together. And thanks,
0: Jackie. Yeah, that's beautiful. And I'm so grateful you shared that. I know that um, that's not easy. And so I I just thank you for your vulnerability and sharing all of that. And it has been a really rough season, but watching you, um, walking on the side you as you allow yourself to feel the pain and lean into the brokenness but also, you know, allow people to love you and, you know, you're not on the other side of it for sure, no. but you're <laughs> still walking through yeah. it, but, but you're walking through it. I mean, just with grace and with beauty and with authenticity. And so um, I just celebrate that for you and I'm so sorry that it's been so painful. Um, and just the, the will the willingness that you have to share that it's both, horrific and beautiful. You know, what is that? Glennon Doyle says it's brutal, right?
1: <laughs> Have <laughs> you heard her say heard. that? No, I
0: haven't. Oh, you haven't. Mm. She says it's both brutal and beautiful. You know, it's oh brutal. My gosh.
1: Yeah. Girl, that's many
0: words. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I mean, that's what you were saying, right? Amazing that you haven't heard that. And um, so, I and that really does capture it. That does capture it. And, and so I love just that truth that you're like you're just sharing that you weren't resilient it wasn't a personal like strength that you had inside of you Mm -hmm. and I mean we talked about the faith aspect of resilience and you know certainly God was with you in those moments and yet, it was through the actual like physical touch of Joanna and the actual like active service of Jamie, and you know the the sacrifice of your sisters that you felt that love,
1: mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm.
0: and that 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 made you resilient. You know, you made it through those moments because of those, like you said, that scaffolding. I love that. That's amazing amazing well and you know another aspect of this that I think is fascinating and I mean we can just talk about this for a couple of minutes but so much of this is dependent on your culture too and right. so you know if we think about like our American culture and you know specifically our white Christian American culture mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. Um, we we have this value of independence right and yep. like like um oh, what's the word I'm looking for when you do things alone I guess <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, but it's like a, no, uh, like self self, all the self-words, right? Yes. So self-awareness, self, 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 self. Yeah. Um, pull yourself uh, up by your bootstraps.
0: And yeah. Handle it. And Yeah.
1: Yeah. And that. I think that's been the hardest thing that I've learned is, um, well, you guys know me. I talk about everything. I mean, <laughs> come on, but I, Feel like listening to Brene Brown. I was just listening. I was driving up to Sacramento to visit a sister, and I was listening to "Braving the Wilderness," um, that my oh, uh, my friend Maria recommended to me, which I totally recommend to all of you. Um, I listened it through this the app from the the public library for free. So oh, so good. Try yeah, so, "Braving the Wilderness." But her thing too is that like we we often think of. I mean, her whole thing is that vulnerability is strength. Yeah, that is the strength, and so me being able to say, "I cannot do this by myself," help me. Yes, um, was so it's so hard. It's so hard for us to admit that we need help, which is ridiculous because there's so many cultures where, outside of the white Christian American culture, where we think we can do it all by ourselves. Yeah, and, and you know, Brene speaks speaks to that quite a bit in yep. Braving the Wilderness. That's so um, that I'm only halfway through, so. So good. Well, and,
0: and I the last piece of just kind of the research that I'll touch on is okay. that um you, by having close relationships, by investing in your close relationships when you're not in a, in a season of your life where you have to be resilient, it's kind of like preventative resiliency. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm kind of putting
1: it in my own words, but. <laughs> yeah, I that think that's you, great. I'm going to, let's coin that term. Preventative. <laughs> that you, you, you really
0: do invest. Um, in in the people closest to you and then that scaffolding, to use your word, okay. is there preventatively for when you need it, you know? And so I think that that, I, I'm really working on that with my kids because my kids are in these teen years and young adult years and, mm. and just talking a lot about you know, some of our closest relationships are just there whether we want them or not, like siblings and, and family members, right? But some of them we get to choose. And yeah. so and even the ones we don't get to choose, we get to choose how invested we are in them and how we grow them and how we nurture them. And so when we when we actively nurture them, when we're not in a period where we need resilience, I think ultimately that helps us in those moments where we do need to say, hey, I need you to come grab my kids. I need you – you know, I, I just need you. Right. Yeah. Um, and, and that's pretty special. And, and I mean, I would say not everyone has that. and And so that can feel – sad and depressing and lonely. Um, so, I mean, I think one of the things I've had to learn, yeah, I, this is a whole other tangent we could talk about another time, but I somehow grew up with this idea that like love meant you didn't have to work at it. You didn't have to try. You didn't right, you know, yeah. you, like, you could just be your worst self. And like, that is such a broken message to believe. Like right. it's really actually the opposite. I mean, it, it sort of does mean you don't have to try, but it also sort of means you should, <laughs> right. You know, you really love is we've talked about that. Love is action. Love is something you do. And so, um, yeah, I think, I think that I had that broken messaging and I I've worked on that the last 10 or 15 years so um, I'm getting better I'm getting
1: better. So
0: well okay what do you think Stace? Do you have a I because
1: I just wrote one down? <laughs> no, you're always you're so much better at these than I am. What do you have? What'd you get? Okay, so here's my idea you guys based on what Jackie was just saying is that the so at the end of each episode we have this via condios, right? One action step that we could all do to practice like working out our muscle of our topic. So our resiliency muscle. Yep. And so what if our viacondios was actually to ask somebody for help? Ooh. Okay. Okay, I love so it. That's so kind of broad. It's kind of broad, but honestly, this is how we build relationships <laughs> yes, with people. You're right. Because if like you it. think about it, like Jackie, what would you do if if I asked you for help with something right I now? I would be there
0: in a second and a half a right? second. I'd be thrilled. To, yes, 100. percent. You'd
1: be thrilled, and I'm giving you the gift of being able yes. to help me. Yes, and, and show that I need you. And that's what we do. We need each other. Yes, so good. I know that practice. No, You know, here's me trying to come in from the grocery store with 82 plastic bags on my arms because they won't let me bring my reusable bags. You know, I'm going to carry them all in the house by myself. Right. (laughs) Or like young moms, when you have like, you know, you've got the bassinet or the whatever, the car seat thing. And you've got your diaper bag and you've got your coffee and you've got a toddler by the hand and you're pulling a yelling at the 10 year old or whatever. And people are like, can I help you with that? Here's no, what I want you no, to do. Fine. Why do we do this? We're like, no, I got it. No, got it. I totally got it. Yes. No, so that's I like. I want you to look around when yep. you're juggling everything and just say, would you help me with this? I love it. Would you mind getting the door for me? Would you mind carrying my baby and raising it for the next 18 days? <laughs> Perfect. Thank you. That is so good. I really, I need to work
0: on that and I want to work on that and I, I, I value that. And so, yes, I'm in. Let's do okay. it. All right. It.
1: We're asking for help. <laughs> you don't have to, you don't have to be in a snot filled ball on your floor. You guys like me, <laughs> you don't have to go that far. That's right. That's right.
0: You can ask for help in little things
1: yeah, <laughs> so that you're run. ready when you are in the snot filled ball. <laughs> <run>. <laughs> All
0: right, guys, thanks for being with us for this conversation. We love you and we look forward to talking to you again soon. Bye. Con Dios.